Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. saying, you know, my wife and I, we have a non-profit traveling ministry called Newly Awakened Ministries. You know, thankfully we have a staff of seven people right now, that's including myself. Um, you know, and we travel, we go to different churches. Uh, we just go to strengthen the body, you know, ask the Lord to move and just see him pour out. Um, you know, we've seen people get saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit, get healed, get delivered. Uh, you know, just seeing what Jesus did and uh, you know to see Jesus, you know, supernaturally change their lives and just get filled with love. Uh, and actually, when we were up in Illinois just a couple of weeks ago, it was so amazing. Right after service, we went and had a baptism in Winter Lakes. And while we were there, we were supposed to baptize maybe just under fifteen people. But while we were there, there was a old family member, someone in the congregation. They saw them, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on around here?" And they're like. You know, well, we're having a baptism, and this old family member, he was running away from God. He was running away from the Lord, and she looked at him. She said, would you like to give your life to, to again to Jesus today and, and, you know, come get baptized? And he said, you know what? I would. And when he said that, him, he went down to the river, <laughs> to, the, to the lake. He came down, and he was started trembling under the power of the Holy Spirit. He went into the water. You know, he confessed Jesus as Lord went under, come up, started speaking in his heavenly language, started speaking in new tongues. And then because of that, his three younger sons, his three sons that saw him came up, gave their life to Jesus, and also got baptized. I'm telling you, the Lord, you know, he is doing stuff. I mean, that was a household salvation. I mean, that was incredible. Um, but we also, uh, you know, we like to connect with ministers once or twice a month. Um, thankfully, we were able to have the honor of having my uncle in May. It was a great time. Um, and so we do that over Facebook, and we upload them later to YouTube on our channels of Newly Awakened Ministries. Um, you know, we also put out a weekly word. If you go on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, basically any form of podcast but iTunes, we are there. Uh, Fuel the Flame. Uh, it's a Newly Awakened Ministries podcast. Um, and so I hope you guys are blessed with it and enjoy. Thank you, Uncle Dan, for letting me share that. And so now, there for time for the word. Who in here is ready for the word? Yes, sir. Woo! Yeah. All right. I guess about five people. It's all good. Um, if we can, I'm just. I want to pray. But can we just? Woo! I'm, I just feel like there's supposed to. There's a, just a, such a stirring that God wants to do. I feel like He just wants to like rattle some cages right now and i'm not, i mean i know this is not the way i usually teach or i preach but i've really been feeling just such a stirring that god's just wanting to shake some people up so is it okay before we go in there can we just all stand up and just give god a shout of praise real quick hallelujah come on come on come on Thank you. 
house. God, I thank you for new sounds being released. God, I thank you for fresh anointings being released. God, I thank you for restoration, for house of restoration, God. Lord, I thank you you're doing something fresh here tonight. In Jesus' name. Jesus. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you all for joining me on that. All right, so tonight, the message the Lord gave me for you all, it is get out of the way. And, you know, I was in a meeting. If you guys aren't familiar with this minister, his name is Dutch Sheets. He is a phenomenal man of God. Uh, I mean, he is a powerhouse. Um, but, you know, he said something a few weeks ago on a Saturday night. He said, the time and the era the church is about to walk in is that we will not need to be so professional in the way we have conduction. What we're going to do is we need to ask the Lord for more, and we need to learn how to get out of the way. Man. And what he's trying to say in that is like, you know, sometimes we can be so tedious, like, hey, make sure this. And, you know, it's all good. The Lord loves for us to be prepared. In fact, I love to be overprepared. But what he's saying is stop letting, stop being so stuck on time. Like, okay, like right now I know on Sunday mornings we get here at 10, at 1045. Let's say worship starts at 1045. It's 11 o'clock. We better shut down worship now. It's 11 o'clock and then go on to announcements, go on to offering. And then, hey guys, it's 1130. Goodbye. See ya. No, that's not what God wants to do. Sometimes if we can kind of get, if we start trying to have so much agenda, we can kind of regulate what God is wanting to do. And my wife, she was telling something to me, and it was so moving on my heart. She was like, a lot of the Western church, we have tended so much to try to please people, we forgot to tend to please God. We've stopped tending to His Holy Spirit. And so, I don't know, there's just something on my heart. It's like, man, we need to learn just how to break the boundaries a little bit, kind of like loosen up, and like, Honestly, like I said before, it's a religious spirit. Sometimes we can kind of get in that way, but we don't want to. And I'm not saying anybody in here is like that. I'm saying we need to check our heart sometimes. And so my brother, he asked me, he was like, man, he's like, when you preach on Sunday, can you do a football analogy for me? And I was like, Lord, is there a football analogy for this sermon? He said, yes. So, Ryan, this one's for you. He said, that there are times that we want to be the head coach. You know, sometimes we want to be the one that calls the plays or the quarterback that makes the throws and that helps win the game or even try to be the running back, you know, try to take things in our own hands and we try to move past the defense and get those extra yards and touchdowns. But what I felt like the Lord, he was trying to say, is that sometimes he wants us to be in an offensive lineman. The one that protects the quarterback, the running back, where we have nothing to do with touch putting our hands on the football. And if you can't see where my analogy is, we have nothing to do to put our hands on the glory of God. Are you with me? Yeah. We have nothing to do about putting our hands on the glory of God. And say, so I believe that the Lord, he wants us to be like the offensive lineman so that we can make space and we can make room for him to move. And I can tell you that he wants us to make space for him and protect the calling that he's given us. We are not to interfere with God's glory or try to make it our own or even try to take credit for what he wants to do. 
And that, continuing on with the football analogy, if you actually watch football, if an offensive lineman, he tries to break out of his position, and let's just say he all, suddenly becomes a tight end, you know, there's ways, if you, don't let, if you don't let them know, and you try to touch the ball, they will actually penalize you and fine you. You will get in trouble for touching the ball when you're not supposed to. In the same way with the glory of God, we are supposed to keep our hands off. We are supposed to say, Lord, come have your way. And we have to learn how to just surrender and yield to his spirit. We need to learn how to get our flesh out of the way. And so sometimes that looks like things are going to be different. There's going to be changes that come. And it's not always going to look like the same order. But what God, he's wanting, he's wanting us to have a pure heart and learn how to love him. Love him with a, a pure clean heart and with clean hands. Like that psalm says, it says, who's going to ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with a clean hands and a pure heart. That means I know my heart's right. I know my hands are right. I know my actions are right. I know my thoughts are right. I know my walk is right. The way I'm treating others is right. God, I want to look like you. I want to sound like you. I'm acting towards you. Because everything we should do is unto the Lord, right? And now, the next part of it was, the Lord was saying, Following Jesus is going to be inconvenient to your flesh. Mm. Being convenient, uh, following Jesus is going to be inconvenient to our mortal bodies, to our earthly bodies, to stuff. Some people don't like waking up at 3 a.m. if they're used to sleeping to get up and read the word. Sometimes I don't, and I know the Lord, he has to press on my heart. He's like, hey man, wake up, I want to spend some time with you. I was like, man, I want to get some sleep. And God's like, hey, I I kind of want to do something with you. And the reason why I was thinking about this was for the past week or so, you know, God was leading, was showing me how he would lead the children of Israel through the wilderness by a cloud by day and by a what? A pillar of fire by night, right? Let me say, we can be so... In love with what the miraculous work that God did and the supernatural that God did. But let me tell you, it was inconvenience to the people at night. <laughs> Can you just imagine that a pillar of fire comes down at night and you were, you were asleep and all of a sudden, you know, it's like time to get up, pack up, and let's get moving. And who cares what time it is? Because God's got a plan for you. It's inconvenient, but God was protecting them. And so it's in the same way, like, we need to be yielded to the Spirit to obey the Lord, just like they did. And so, we want, to, we want God to move, so we ask Him to do more in our atmosphere, right? We ask Him to do more. Because we have all of God, and one of my, oh, one of my really good friends, he's a pastor, his name is Luke Remington, he was saying, man, he's like, we have all of God here, but sometimes we are not aware of him. And that's what limits him. So when we become more aware of what he's doing, we're going to see him move. But I can tell you that if we start expecting God to do more, he's going to be doing more. He's not stagnant. He is a living person. He is a deity. He is living. He is working. So we can ask him to come. We, we know there's other measures that we haven't gone into yet. And I kind of like want to go into them. And so, you know, we need to learn when it comes to us coming together. I know most of us have, but this is just a reminder 
that it doesn't matter what it's really going to, what's going on up here, what's going on around the platform. It's the posture of your heart that dictates what you're going to receive. Yes. And so what I'm trying to say is that if God wants to move through the worship, then let him move through the worship. If he wants to move through someone speaking and having a message, then let him move when someone's speaking in the message. Or if God's saying, hey, right now I want to interrupt your time and have an altar call, let him come and have his way and be in the altar call. Because what we need to do is learn we need to learn to ask the Holy Spirit to come, to move, and learn how to get out of the way. To let our flesh get out of the way. Because we know we live in a city that needs Jesus. That we have homes that need a move of God. And we have friends that truly need an encounter with His Holy Spirit. And when it comes to bringing praise to God... We just need to constantly remind, us, remind ourselves that it's not about us. It's really not about us. Our worship is not highlighting our goodness. Our praise is to give God, is to give praise to God and God alone. He alone deserves the glory, the honor, the praise. I can tell you that the lamb that was slain is worthy to receive. Woo! is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. It's not about us. It's not about a time schedule. It's not about what we are eating after service. It's We are here to encounter the living God. I wish we could come in with a mindset that we could just destroy the clocks in the place of worship. Because I want to quote Sean Smith. He says, clocks have killed more revivals than demons have. Alright. That was more of the, the message time. God, he is leaving me. He's been leading me heavy. Heavy word. So are you guys ready to eat? Alright. So first, we're going to be in Isaiah... You know, 40, 41, 42, and then we're going to be in John uh, 14 and 15, and then we're going to be going to Acts 2. And so he says in Isaiah 41, we're going 40, you know, verse 1, we're going to go on until he says stop. He says, comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her. That the warfare has ended. Her iniquity has been removed. That she has received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling. Clear the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for God. Let every valley be lifted up. And every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become plain. And the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will, will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, call out. And he says, what shall I call out? The Lord says, all flesh is grass. And all of its loveliness is like a flower to the field. The grass withers, and the flower fades. When the breath 
of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, and the grass withers, the flower fades, but the the word of God stands forever. Get yourself up on a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. Lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem, bearer of good news. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Behold, the Lord will come with might and with his arm ruling before him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock and in his arm, he will gather the lambs and carry them to his bosom. And he will gently lead the nursing ewes. You know, he who has measured the waters and and who has measured the waters and the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by measure and weighed the mountains and balance and the hills and the pair of scales. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or has his counselor informed or who has informed him? Basically, who can give advice to God? That's what he's saying. With whom did he consult and give him understanding? Who can give something to God? God knows everything. And who has taught him the path of justice? Who who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and informed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beasts or its burnt offerings. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are regarded to him less than nothing and meaningless. To whom then will you liken God? Who can you make that is like God? Or in what likeness can you compare with him? As for the idol, a craftsman casts it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, a silversmith fashions it with chains of silver, and he who is too impoverished to do such things selects a tree that does not rot. He seeks it out for himself, a skillful uh, craftsman to prepare an idol, Mm. and that will not totter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared from you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and inhabits, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He, he it is, who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they, scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. Scarcely has their stock been taken to the root and uh, to root in the earth. But he merely blows on them and they wither. The stone carries them away and they stumble. To whom will you liken me? That I should be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. 
the one who leads forth the host by number. He calls them by name because of the greatness of his might and his strength and his power. Not one of them is missing. Basically in Isaiah 40, I love it because he's saying God is so great. His work is so mighty. His works are so vast. He is so powerful. Who can you create to be like God? God has done so much for you. He's given you breath. He's given you life. He's given you family. He's given you homes. He's done everything for you. He's He's the one that gives you joy. He's the one that gives you need when you are in need. You know, he gives you the you, he gives you the need when you are in need. He's the one that shifts everything. He's the one that changes circumstances. So now we're going to go on to Isaiah forty one. It says, "You will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory. You, uh, you will glory in the Holy One of Israel. The afflicted and needy are the are seeking water." But there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them myself. As the God of Israel, I will not forsake them. I will open rivers and bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. And I will make wilderness—I will make the wilderness a pool of water, and the dry land fountains of water. I will put the cedar in the wilderness. God is saying, "I'm going to put. I'm the one that can bring life." When it seems to be dead, and when it seems to be an impossible situation, God can make a way out. All right, going to Isaiah 42. Man, I love this because, you know, Jesus, when he picked up the scroll in the temple, this is the part that he quoted. We're going to go a little bit before that, though. He's going to, it says, Behold my servant. Whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. And he will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised, a bruised reed he will not break, and, and a dimly burning back wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice, and he will not be disheartened. Or crushed until he has established the justice on on the earth. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for the law. Thus says the Lord God. Who created the heavens and stretched them out? Who has spread forth the earth and its offspring? Who gives breath to the people that's on it? And the spirit of those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant people, a light to the nations, to open up blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeons, and those who dwell in the darkness from the prison. Guys, people, God's bringing people out of darkness still. He didn't stop over 2,000 years ago. He's still doing it today. He says, I am the Lord, and that is my name. I will not give glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and now I declare new things. 
God is saying he is doing new things. Before they spring forth, I will proclaim to them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who have gone down to the sea, and that's all that's in it. You islands and to those who dwell in them. Let the wilderness and the cities lift their voice. Let them shout for joy from the tops of mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise. God is saying, whoa. Jesus. You know, he tells us over and over and over again to stop trying to make things idols. He says over and over and over again in this part of Isaiah, why are you trying to make things your God? I'm the only one that can change your circumstance. I'm the only one that can make the path straight or the water the, to bring life where there seems to be dead places. He's the hope. So we're going to go ahead. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right. So we're going to go to John chapter 14. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the work that I do, he shall also do greater and greater works than these do, because I go to the father and whatever you ask in my name that I will do so that the father may be glorified in the son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Thank you. You will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he will be with you forever. And that is the Spirit of truth. Or is that some of us might be more familiar? The Holy Spirit. To whom... To whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Those that don't have a mother or a father, God hasn't abandoned you. He says, I will come to you. He's not going to, he's not going to leave us. Or forsake us. You know, he's not going to leave us as a, as a father might leave their child. He's not going to do it. So I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And a little while in the world will no longer see, see me. But you will see me. Because I live in you. And you will live also. And in that day, you will know that I am the I am in my Father, and you in me, and that I and that I dwell in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father in heaven, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. One of his disciples said to him, "Lord, what then has happened?" that you are going to disclose yourself to uh, to yourself to us and not to the world. And Jesus answered him and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word 
My father will love him, and, and we will come and make our abode in him. We will make our dwelling place in him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. The ones that know what the right thing to do and not do it, it's wrong. Or if you know God's word and you choose not to do it, it's wrong. And he was even saying those that don't keep him, don't love him. And the words that you hear are not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give this to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, or let it be fearful. Aren't you glad that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit? And that he's the one that comforts us. He's our friend. He's the one that loves us. He's the one that gives us peace. And we can, and it even says that he's the spirit of truth. We can stand in his truth. And then in John 15, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch that is in me that does not produce fruit, he will take away. And every branch that produces fruit, you know, he prunes so that it can produce more fruit. You all are you are already clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. Dwell in me, abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit on itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you do anything unless you abide in me, unless you dwell with me, unless you spend time with me. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For from apart from me, you can do nothing. Hmm. I think we get the point on that, right? Everyone knows, simplify that. We cannot do anything on our own, but we have to be yielded to God's spirit. Because it says we can be part of the branches, right? We can be in the body, but if we're not producing fruit, it says we're going to be chopped off. So... What's the, and like, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. hmm. So that's why our character matters. You know, I was going to read the rest of it, but I think for this, for this time, we can go ahead and go to Acts chapter 2. Because that's the last part we're going to be in. And we all know that this is the coming of the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes them with fire and with power, right? And who wants to be in the, in the presence that loves Jesus? Yes. Yeah? So, Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from, a, from heaven 
a, a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house and where they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them and they were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues and the spirit was giving them an utterance and now there were jews living in jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven and when the sound occurred a crowd a crowd came together and was bewildered they were astounded because each one of them uh, was hearing them speak in their own in their own language you know we know about, about the 120 that was up there they came out and they started speaking to all these different languages There we go. They started speaking all these different languages. And it says, why are not, so why are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language where we were born? You know, and, it's, and it, lists the, it lists the nations. It says, we hear them in our own tongues and speaking mighty deeds of God. And they astound and they continue in amazement. And with great perplexity, saying to another, what does this mean? But others in the crowd were mocking and saying, these guys are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all those that live in Jerusalem, let this be made known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it shall be that in the last days, God says that I will pour, I will pour forth my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Yes. Even my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and in the, and, and the signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Peter continues. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, the man attested by you. Attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him on your midst. Just as you yourself know, this man delivered over to the hands of godless men that put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting the end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Don't you see how mighty God is? The Hallelujah. death that we allowed to come in this world, yes. God, he was faithful and he was good enough to remove it. The yes. sin that we dwelled in, Jesus was saying, I've had enough of this barrier. I've had enough of the compromise. I've had enough of the things that are getting between you and me. I just want your heart. Amen. And Peter was saying, don't you recognize it was your sin that put Jesus on the cross. It was my sin that put Jesus on the cross. 
was arson. It was the things of us running to run away from God. But Jesus loved us so much that he wanted to be with us. That forever he can be with us. That he gave up everything. And he went through so much suffering for us. He did it for me. He did it for you. And he just wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he can change your life. You don't have to live in depression. You don't have to live with anxiety. You don't have to live with suicidal thoughts or with addictions. Jesus said he came to set the captives free. Where sin tried to hold us in bondage, Jesus brought freedom. He gave us his Holy Spirit. So if you can, can you go ahead and start playing the keys that they're on? Jesus, he wants to give new hope in this place tonight. He wants to give everyone a fresh revelation of what he's done for them. That you, that your life matters so much to him. That you're not here by accident. That you do not have purpose. God has a great purpose and he has a great dream over your life. Every single one of you have a good, have a great and amazing call on your life. And he is jealous for it. He doesn't want you to go and start living in another way when he's called you to live as holy, to live as righteous, to come follow him. I'm telling you, following Jesus is inconvenient, but it is so worth it. I can tell you that the cross was inconvenient. The cross was inconvenient to Jesus, but he did it anyway. So if everyone, can you guys stand real quick? Oh, Father, we want you. We want you even more and more and more in our lives. We want it deeper. We want to invite you to come deeper. God, break the chains that need to be broken. Set us free. God, we want your heart. God, we want to come to you with clean hands and a pure heart. God, there is no one that is like you. There is no one that is like you in the heavens or on the earth. You are God and God alone. God, you are you are God and you are holy. You are different. You are set apart. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are the only one that is like you. That you're the only one that paid the price for us. To redeem us. To call us new. So if everyone can just bow their heads real quick. I want to ask you, if you're in this place tonight and you're like, man, I want to know this Jesus in a new way. And I want to know this Jesus that can come and set me free from all this darkness that I've been feeling, all this bondage that I've been feeling, all this kind of regulation that I've had in my life. And you want to know the freedom of Jesus? If you want to know him, can I see your hands? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Oh, and if you're in here tonight, if you're in here, and you're like, man, I have something that's going on in my body, or I even have something that's going on in my heart, something that is going on that has been messing with me, and, you, and it's like, I want to call on Jesus the healer. Because I can tell you, he doesn't just work on our physical bodies. He works inside of us. He makes us whole. Doesn't mean there's not a process, but God is our healer. If you are saying, I want to, have, I want to meet Jesus, the healer tonight. If you need him to make you whole again in any area, will you raise your hand? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. And if, and if you are in here and you're like, I want to have a fresh touch and the fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to receive the power of, and, the, of, and the baptism of power and of fire. Can you raise your hands real quick? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All right. So if you raise your hand to any of those things, can you come up forward? We would love to pray with you. If you want to make your way down on the altar, we would love to pray with you. And to see God move in your life. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.